Ladies and gentlemen, before we get started on this episode, it's important to remember that we need to be empathetic and understanding of every single guest that I have on this show. So that way they understand that they can share this stuff without having any backlash coming from the community. I think it takes a lot of bravery for someone to come on this show and be able to tell about heart-wrenching things that occur. So please be understanding, empathetic, and supportive to my guests. If you enjoyed this content, it would really help me out if you did three things. You followed me on Twitter, you subscribed to me on YouTube, and you share out this video to any of your friends who might also enjoy this content. I hope you enjoy the show. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Deep Dives into the Minds of Esports. Today, I have on my show an individual who's a fantastic main tank from the San Francisco Shock. Before that, his most notable achievement was probably taking a first place finish in the CyberPower PC 2017 Extreme Gaming Series Spring Invitational, or a second place finish in the 2017 Overwatch Carbon Series. <clears throat> Please let me welcome Matthew DeLisi, De better known as Super. Hello. Welcome. I'm here. I think I, I think I got the name right. I, I almost stuttered there. You, there was a moment yeah, where yeah. I was like, I had to correct it, but I, I, I got it. So thank it's you so okay. There, there, there have been worse. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I'm really, really excited to get into this. Um, I think we're going to learn a lot about you, even though you are fairly, fairly, fairly young. I'm very, very excited. Uh, and so what I'm going to I'm going to start it off easy for you. OK, OK. Now, I have two, so easy, got? two easy questions for you. Uh, based on uh, what I have heard so far. So you come from Philadelphia, right? Correct. Okay, and you have an accent that is actually, I would say, fairly pronounced. Uh, oh, yeah? Okay, so that with that accent, um, did you ever get like made fun of for that accent? Cause, like, yeah. A lot, so I, I think that the most common thing that that people like to rag on me about is my pronunciation of the word water that's the, that's the way normal people say it, or most people say it, is water but i usually say water um <laughs> and people think that's really funny or <laughs> stupid for some reason i say water as in like w i guess like ddr like water kind of <laughs> like that um and people think that's funny and they like to make fun of me and i'm like yeah i don't really know what that is sorry and i'm like okay you're just stupid um but then another thing I do, which isn't really as common, because like it's kind of like oh, it's a word that's not brought up much, is the word creek, like mm -hmm. you know, like a like a river flowing in a in a forest. Most people say creek, right? But if you're from Philly, people say crick. I I don't know why that is. That's just that's just the way God intended it to be. Who knows? But that's just you know that, that that's probably the two most like recognizable differences in, in speech i would say the i will say the accent is very like forward punching like it sounds like you would kick my ass like, well when you start talking like that i'm just like oh my god do okay. i have to do i, have to I, I think i think part of it is I, I i woke up like three times during the night and i woke up about an hour ago finally because i flew home from la like two days ago so i'm still kind of like jet lagged in a way so it's it's not your fault. It's not my fault. Maybe it's a mix of the maybe it's a mix of everything. Who knows? Uh, okay. So the second thing, really easy yeah. question: Philadelphia cheesesteaks. Mm -hmm. Okay. How do you can, can you can you make one, or can you only buy them? Well, are you asking if me personally could I make one? Yes. Okay. Yes, but the problem is you need to, you need to have okay. So the secret to to a good Philadelphia cheesesteak it's not. It's not the meat, it's not the cheese, it's the bread. Because if you have, like, a really hard bread, you're, like, ripping apart your sandwich with the teeth, it needs to just, like, it needs to be one with the meat. It needs to come off easily, melt together with the meat. Just it, You can't, you don't want to be chewing bread. That, that, that's the big problem. Because people, they get these, like, really rough breads that are just hard to chew, and it's not enjoyable at that point. You need a nice, soft, meltable bread. That, that's the key right there. Soft, meltable bread. Okay. Uh, can you just make it really soggy with, like, the meat juice? Like a French dip uh, sandwich? Uh, I mean, you could, but it, it wouldn't be the same as if you had, like, quality bread. It's not the same. <laughs> oh. Oh, my God. This is going to be fun. So, 
Can you can you make can you cook? <clears throat> can you make Philly cheesesteaks? Um, no, I honestly can't really cook that much. But a Philly cheesesteak isn't that hard. I mean, there's different ways to cut the meat. You could have like big slices of meat. You could have chopped meat. Um, for me, I'd probably just do the big slices because it's easier to make. Uh, I don't really know how to, you know. Cutting that close kind of scary. I don't really do that that much. I might cut my fingers. I don't you'll know end up looking longer. like me if you do that. Yeah, I don't want to really. That's just. Yeah. But yeah. Um. So yeah, and then like the big thing, you just caramelize some onions. You get some meat. You throw that together on on the on the nice bread. I mean, they're really not that hard to make. People butcher them all the time. Oh, the cheese. I mean, cheese whiz is a big Philly cheesesteak classic. If you if you want to uh make make a cheesesteak. Most places go go with the cheese whiz. I mean, there's other options. You can get the you can get the cheddar. You can get the whatever they have there. But cheese whiz is pretty common. It sounds kind of nasty, but it is, it is pretty good. I like cheese whiz. Um, it's delicious. Yeah. I I mean, I'm not that big of a fan, but if it's on a cheese stick, uh, it's it's acceptable. <laughs> so you're 18 years old, correct? Okay, and you you play for a professional team. <clears throat> but this wasn't your first uh, stint in esports, from what I have gathered. Right, you, you used to play TF two. I did, yeah, yeah Team Fortress um, two, yeah. So, how far did you make it in TF two? Um, so TF two was kind of like it's kind of weird for me because I I played a season of ESA Open, and then I took like a year break, kinda, and then I came back a year later. I played an Open again, and then the season after that, I went to Intermediate. So Intermediate was was the furthest I got. I went to playoffs that season. Mm -hmm. Um. Which was it was okay. I mean, it's not that great, but um, I, w I was friends with a lot of people in TF2 who were like an invite, so I, I played with them a lot. Um, but for me, the division was was intermediate. That's where I got. To. So you never got to a point where you were actually making uh, substantial money from. Well, <laughs> no one makes substantial money from TF2. I want to be honest. That's just that's just whether you play an invite or you play an intermediate. There are there's no sponsors. There's no. Real big prize pool. I think getting first place in invite gets you like a thousand each. So it's, it's you're really not making money in TF2. If you play TF2, you do it for the fun of the game, not to make money. That's just how that. That's just how that is. Because mm -hmm. I know that when I I actually had Jake on the show and he also played uh, TF2. Yeah, he and yeah. He was with uh, a bunch of people, so he he had mentioned right. uh, bringing that team over or a lot of the people uh, who he had played with in TF2 over to Overwatch. So yeah. Wasn't sure how serious because I, I actually never played TF2. It was not in my mm -hmm. realm of, of games. I mean, it's though. fun, but yeah, Valve didn't really give it. I, I think it has a lot of potential, to be honest, but at this point, it's kind of just not going to happen because, mm -hmm. like, the mechanical skill required in TF2 is really high. Like, there are some really crazy plays that people can make, but, uh, you know, it just never came to be. So, mm -hmm. so you're 18 years old. Is this your first job? No. I worked as a camp counselor one summer. Um, like, you know, working with kids and stuff. So mm -hmm. I, was, I was like, yeah, I, that's what I did. Okay. So this is your yeah. second job? Yeah. Okay. Did you gain any perspective from that first job that kind of... A lot of times when I see, like, esports as a whole, especially people very young and some people who've had their first jobs, they don't really understand what jobs mean yet because they haven't had the experience. So, like, I've worked in multiple different restaurants. I've worked in mental health. I've worked in jails. And then when I got into esports, I was like, wow, this, like, I have so much of these other things to kind of compare it to and the differences and what I like, what I don't like. What's your perspective on that compared to, like, that one job that you had? Well, I think, you know, esports is, is definitely more fun being a camp counselor, but I think that's kind of a given. Children. Uh, yeah. But, I mean, I, I think, even like, I, I don't think any amount of jobs can really prepare you for, like, an esports job, especially, like, an esports player, yeah. just because it's, it's so much different than, I think, anything else you would ever do. Mm -hmm. Like, um... Just pl playing video games, it's just such like a, it's still like a foreign concept to so many people. Like even at, like if you're really into esports, like you watch all the time, but you're not a player. If you become a player, it's like it's just so different to you. Um, so I, I think people, I'm not really sure if there's like a, a right way to get mentally prepared for the job, but I, I think 
having prior work experience really does help because it, it like it lets you know that like there, there's responsibility on the line and, and you have to do your part. You can't slack off, otherwise mm-hmm. you, you'll just get fired. I mean, yeah. plain and simple. So, do you think that esports is kind of put up in like a, a pedestal almost? Like, like the way it's always kind of described is like they have the best jobs in the world. <clears throat> um, it's it's so wonderful, and I I will say that esports is definitely a very fun and exciting field. Um, but I don't know if it, like, people realize that it is as glamorous as I think it's made out to be a lot of times. Kind of like probably with almost any industry that is entertaining. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, yeah, that, that, that's a big thing. It is a job, you know, people, like, you do have to work for it. And yeah, you are, like, at a base level, you are playing video games. But, like, it, it's more than that. You know, it's, like, hard work. There's people, there's people, people yell at each other. People fight with each other. But, like, just like a normal job, people aren't happy with each other all the time. You know, there are some tough times during during esports, just like regular jobs. Um, and I think the same thing could be even be branched out to streaming. People think streaming is really easy, but streaming is hard. People like to be a, a good, successful streamer is hard. Like I know for me, especially if I'm an esports player, like having to scrim every day and then wanting to stream afterwards, like that's just impossible. And I know some some other players have like they have, they're in relationships and stuff, and I, I don't know how they'd be able to manage all three of being an esports player, being a streamer, and like spending time with with their with their significant other in a relationship. Like it's just so much work, and I, I think people really don't understand the amount of work that's required to be a esports player or a streamer for that matter. Like it it really is a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it takes a lot of time, and I think it takes a lot of toll, and people. I think a lot of the, I think part of it has to do with PR, obviously, because you want to try to portray the best moments and yeah. things like, which makes sense because it is what it is. But I think people miss the, those moments that are sometimes like really, really hard. And Overwatch season saw a lot of them, I think, um, for its first year. Um, yeah. I don't know if that's, I don't know if that's comparative to anything else. Like League of Legends was probably really bad. You probably didn't hear as much about like some of the stuff, but right. I mean, a lot of it came out. Um, a lot of it was out there. People, uh, Notably, um, Siegel actually saying, I'm, I'm done with this, and I'm just going to be a streamer because it's uh, less stressful. Well, which... I, I think I think Siegel has a unique position because he already has a massive yeah. stream that he could have fall back on. I think it's really hard to make that decision if you don't have a following like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, he, he's not wrong, especially like on a team like the Fuel, which was riddled with um, just internal issues last year. I don't need to get into all of them because yeah. there's a lot. But everyone knows, you know, there's a, there were a bunch of problems, and and Siegel had to deal with them all. And I don't really think he was the he was the root of the problem for any of them, but he just had to be involved with it because his team was involved with it, and that's just how it is. So I think it was really hard to be on the field last year. Um, but you know, I, I think Siegel for him, he made the right decision because he is now he has so much more freedom, and he can do what he wants. He doesn't have to worry about. He could work on his own time, his own schedule, doesn't worry about anything else. So I think that was he made a good a good call. Yeah, I think if you had a a big a big stream like that, I could see totally falling. It's something you yeah. had already built up because you yeah. are totally correct. Everyone who I've talked to who has done streaming, it is a lot of work, and it's something that I know personally I would never be able to do because yeah. it's so much time. And especially if you're you're not someone who has got some fame to fall back on in order to start pulling people. Yeah, I, I think like. Starting a stream, like I, I'm kind of fortunate in the fact that I already have like some of a fo- like a little bit of a following no. from esports that I, I don't like they, they already come to my stream because they're fans of my play, right? But like if you're a streamer who's starting from ground zero, nothing, no following, like I couldn't even imagine because I, I just that just seems so hard to me. Yeah, so you seem like a, a fairly you portray yourself as a very intelligent person, I would say. Um, I don't know if you are or not. I think that you some, come across some people very, disagree, but um, you know, I, I could think of a couple of people who might. Uh, but uh, I think that you you seem you seem like you kind of know what you're talking about all the time, and for your age, especially. And I'm throwing I'm throwing the age out because I almost have ten years on you. Um, yeah, it's it's getting pretty close to the ten year mark on you. Right. And like, but for your age, you're very very mature, and you seem to like kind of have at least somewhat of an understanding. Are you just bullshit very very well? <laughs> one of the two um so uh looking at uh, kind of that 
intelligence has it always kind of been like that like are you are you a book smart person are you a street smart person yeah i mean i i think i was like pretty good in school to be honest Mm -hmm. um i like i usually got good grades and if i didn't it was because i procrastinated and didn't do it Mm -hmm. Uh, um but if i did something and like i actually put my mind to it i I would usually do well and i think when i when i started doing esports um my grades kind of went down a little bit just because it was like so rough when I first started. Um, but I think we'll talk about that later, so that doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, and so, but yeah, I think for the most part, I've always gotten good grades. I've always been pretty good in school, mm-hmm. except for chemistry. I uh, I hated chemistry growing up. My chemistry teacher was so bad. I hated him so much. He, hate, he hated me, so he was mean to me, so. I don't even think my chemistry teacher hated me. He hated some people in our class, but I just couldn't stand him, dude. I, I wanted to leave. Every time... It was my second class of the day, too. So I had first period lunch, which was like 8.30 in the morning, because that's how our school worked. You could have lunch at the first period or the last period. I, I don't know. But, well, because I know for chemistry that they had to have your lunch and your chemistry period next to each other, because when you had lab, it was two periods. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, and then I would just, once I got past chemistry, my day was like, my I was walking through, through sunflowers, dude. I, I was so happy. Mm-hmm. But yeah. So did you always live in Philly? Yeah. Okay. Born oh. and raised Philly? Yeah. Okay. I feel like there's a song that has that as a lyric. I'm pretty sure. Nah, I fresh, would. Yeah, I'm sure. Pretty sure that's a Fresh Prince song. <laughs> um, so you're you're growing up in uh, Philly. You Your mom and dad, are they together still? Yeah. Okay. And brothers and sisters? Yeah, I have one brother. Okay, one brother. So you're growing up in Philly. Um, did you stay in the same school district or did you move around a lot? No, always in the Philadelphia School District. Okay, what was, school, what was school like growing up for you? Um, well, I've only ever gone to two schools, which is my my elementary school, which went from K to eight, and then my high school, which mm-hmm. was, well, I guess technically three schools, because so I had my elementary from K to eight, and then I went to my high school from nine to eleven, and then when I had to move out to LA for Overwatch League, I did my senior year online, so I finished that online i graduated my senior year online um but i don't know schools school's always been it's been school you know i think i was always i always managed to to make friends and get along with people um so i I don't think i ever really had big problems in school to be honest um i think everything just kind of i kind of just went with the flow a lot of the time Mm -hmm. so school was I, i never really had any any big issues with school Okay, so you, you you seem like you actually enjoyed school. Did you you made friends in school? Yeah, yeah. Um, so you have lots. Of, do you have lots of like good memories about school then? Because I know for me, like school was school was hit or miss depending on the age group that I was in. Yeah. Uh, and there was there was times where it was incredibly cruel, and then there was times where it it wasn't so bad. Yeah, I I can say that I I never got bullied or anything like that. People never really made fun of me. I never got like physically picked on. Nothing mm-hmm. like that. So, I mean, you, you would always have someone who would say something dumb, but, like, I don't really care what people say, I'll be honest with you. I, I just I just don't care. If someone says something bad about me, it's like, okay, that's cool, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the worst thing, funny enough, that ever happened to me in school didn't have to relate with school. Uh, it was in fifth grade. I had an appendectomy. So, what was um, that for all the non-medical people? Uh, it, it means, so, your appendix is an organ in your body. Yeah. And it gets infected sometimes. And when it gets infected, it starts to, like, build up pressure. And it could explode in your body. And if that happens, that's really bad. Yeah. But thankfully, it was caught. My appendix was caught before that. So I had to go get surgery to get it taken out. And I was out of school for, like, a few weeks. So that was in fifth grade that happened. Mm-hmm. Um, so if that was that was probably the worst thing that's ever happened to me in school, which didn't have to relate with school. Yeah. So. Okay. So... What are some things growing up that you really kind of attached yourself to? What were things that you really enjoyed? Were you a sports person? Were you a music person? Were you drama theater? Were you quiz bowl? What kind of stuff did you like growing up? So, uh, video games is one. Okay. A big fan of video games. Still am. Um, I would have never but, guessed. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I did play some sports. Uh, I've actually played quite a lot of sports. So, I think from like Age six to eight, I played basketball. Um, I wasn't very good at it, but I played it for like three years. And then baseball, I played for one year. And that was cut short because 
some kid was practicing his swings, like while like so we were batting right, and he was practicing his swings, and I guess he got too close to me because I'm I'm like sitting on the on the edge of the bench and he's like right here next to me, so he just lines up and boom and smacks me in the jaw. I'm bleeding. I have like teeth falling out. I'm like, yeah, I'm not going. But thankfully, they're all baby teeth. So I, I, I'm still good. But I was like, yeah, I don't. I'm not going back to baseball. That's not really for me. So I was done there. And then I played hockey until I got too old for that. Wait, what do you mean too old for hockey? Well, because the 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 league that I played in had like an age limit, mm. and then and then they have like a men's league. Uh-huh. So it was like if you were in between that like certain age range, you couldn't play so i was like okay i guess that's that's enough okay so were you kind of forced into sports or was it something you wanted to do um at the beginning i was but then like when i started playing hockey i, I had fun playing that so mm-hmm. hockey's pretty cool i can't skate to say yeah life, though and i live yeah. in an area where uh, hockey is very popular huh. so yeah. michigan man oh yeah can't skate um, so looking at like the sports, okay. Um, a lot of times people like to compare esports to sports. Personally, I think it's a terrible comparison. I think there are there are small things you can gather from it, but it's kind of like saying that there's small things you can gather from anything into esports. In my opinion, um, what do you think about that idea? Um, now I think it's really different at a top level of regular sports to like. Esports because at top level sports they do the same thing. They practice, they do VOD review, they play the game, then they do more VOD review and they do more. So it's like in the same sense, the same regimen, yeah, or in a similar sense, the same regimen is applied where they practice, they do VOD reviews, and then they play games, they talk about the games, they do VOD reviews of the games, they practice more, and then it's that cycle. But um, I think in that sense, it's like very similar. Yeah. I would agree with that. Um, but, you know, I, I think, you know, obviously, traditional sports are a lot more taxing on, on the physical. Yeah. But I think esports are more taxing on the mental. Because mm-hmm. I know last season, people got burnt out hard. A lot of people got burnt out yeah. during the season. And, um, you know, maybe I'm like, I'm not really the best person to ask because I, I wasn't available to play for the first half of the season. Um, but you know, I, I thought it was fine, but because, but I think that's partly because I knew how to limit myself. Because a lot of these players would like, they would get home from scrims, scrimming six hours a day, and then if they had to do VOD review, they did that for two hours that day usually, and then they would go home and play like five hours of ranked. I'm like, why would you do that to yourself? Like that's so stupid in my opinion. Yeah. To like to spend almost twelve hours a day more than 12 hours a day sometimes just to overwatch like obviously you're gonna get burnt out take a break like sometimes not not every day but sometimes if i would come home from scrims and i just felt exhausted i was like you know what i'm not gonna play overwatch anymore i'm i did my scrims i'm done and then i would just do something else i play a different game watch some twitch streams watch youtube videos i wouldn't play more if i didn't feel like playing more because i think some of that's what some of the players do either they have like a bad day or they just want to keep playing and they just keep going i'm like that's just so stupid in my opinion just take Mm -hmm. a break you don't need to you don't need to do all that. Yeah, I would fully agree with that. That was one of the things that I was always very terrified of. Um, and I would definitely recommend to some people that, hey, listen, you just need to take a break. You need to find something else in your life that is also yeah. healthy that gives you a break from things. Because if you burn out, then you lose. Because yeah. when, when you eventually burn out, it is very, very hard to get that back without extended breaks. Right? Yeah. When you hit the burnout more. I think it's very I think that's a very intelligent again, a very and- intelligent thing. I think I think that's some, something, or I hope that's something that a lot of players realize in the off season. Like, because in the off season, people aren't scrimming; they're just doing their own thing. But then, the more people, the longer, like, the more the off season went on, people are like, oh man, I want Overwatch to come back already. I want to play more. I want to play more. And it's like, okay, good, but don't do the same thing you did last season, where you just kill your drive to play the game because you just kept going. Mm-hmm. It's just stupid. Mm-hmm. So Blizzard has talked about. Uh, I think the dates are out that they're planning on giving longer breaks in between seasons. Yeah, I did see that. So I'm going to play a little bit of devil's advocate because I think that, okay. I think this is a little bit of a double-edged sword. Okay. All right. When, when I hear that. So I think a lot of people who are very 
very uh, nice thinking, expect people to do the right thing, or like, wow, all these players are going to have more free time. Okay, now my head, which it might be because I've worked with some very, very horrible people in my life. Um, okay. Not, not gamers, but I used to work with like drug yeah, addicts yeah. and stuff. Like My first right. thought is like, wow, if I could definitely see uh, some businesses or some organizations being like, look, at, we have an extra week to practice before a patch change happens that we didn't have before. Right. What do you think is going to happen? To the players? Yeah. Okay, so... I think the longer breaks are okay. ah well I don't know to be honest I was I was okay with the breaks because mm-hmm. I knew how to limit myself yeah um so usually the breaks were like at least for us on shock last season so the breaks were like a week long right so you have a week without Overwatch League and then the next week it would start back up mm-hmm. so um depending on when your last match of the day was you would have like a break for like. Four to five days, right? So mm-hmm. just no, no scrimming, no no team activities for four to five days where we can do whatever we want. Now, that's not enough time to, like, go home or, or visit family or whatever, um, which I think is, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't think you need that, but I, I think what Overwatch League should have done I, is is have, like, I know, that, I know they do have the off-season in the middle of the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, I, I don't know exactly how they're doing it. Because I, I know they, they, they have the off-season, or the all-stars in the, in the middle of the season, yeah. like they do with, like, other sports. Um, but is that, like, the only long break, or do they have other long breaks? I think, I think they were extending the breaks also in between stages to be longer. Yeah, that, I, think- I don't, I don't agree with that. But I, I would agree with having, like, a long break for the all-stars. Yeah. Um, because then I just feel like you're waiting too long to play. Because... I, I, I don't know. It is a long uh, time. Three weeks is a long time. Yeah. Do you think that teams are going to give sufficient breaks? Because my I think some teams, teams might. I think some teams yeah, I, might. And I think other teams are not going to. I, I think some... Yeah, I mean, I guess it just depends on who's running your team. Um, uh, about what, what type of you're going to get. I think some players will. or some. I think most teams will, though, in, in good faith. I think most teams will. Um, I could see a few teams not, but... That's just the way it is sometimes. So, uh, I hear that and I'm like, oh god, this is this could be amazing or it's going to be terrifying, and you don't really know what you're going to get yeah. unless you're. Yeah. Because I don't think most contracts cover like break mounts. I I would be very surprised if they uh, did. I don't know. They probably have vacation days in there, but I mean, I talk about that. Probably not. I don't know. Yeah. Oh well. <laughs> sure if, I, if I get fined, if I get fined, fuck it. Who cares? I don't think you will. Um, I have never... I, I, From what I understand, okay, I've not obviously read any, but the stuff that I've heard in the background is that I'm pretty sure legally, legally required because you're underneath an employee, you have to have vacation days in there. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. But I, I would... I, like someone going in there and saying, hey, because no one knew what the schedule was last year before overwatch right. happened so i don't think anyone negotiated hey when this when these breaks happen we want this many days off i'd be very right. very surprised if that happened yeah um, so I, i'm interested to see how teams uh decide to take that and what they decide to do with it because i think it could yeah be i mean i wouldn't be surprised if there are like if teams do team related activities for their breaks mm-hmm. i think a lot of teams would do that just because like it gives them a chance for like it gives them a chance for content. It gives them a chance yeah. for teams to like hang out together. So it's like two birds in one stone. Yeah. Um, I know a lot of players don't like doing content, especially bad content. That's like a big thing in in Overwatch. Like people, I don't know, man. Some of the content is just not good. To be honest, it's very uh, cringe. Some of the content teams do. It's just not, it's just not good. Okay, which content teams don't you like? Uh... Mm. Yeah. Oh, you're not gonna tell me, are you? That's not. Yeah. Funny. Okay. I mean, I think it's pretty easy to figure out which teams have good content and which teams have bad content. I think that's a very easy thing to to figure out. I almost feel like playing a game of hot and cold. I think it would be a lot more uh, fun. <laughs> um. So, I, I do you think that players don't realize that they're actually entertainment figures? Because a lot of the PR stuff, I do know, a lot of players do not like and they just want to play games, but the industry is an entertainment industry. 
right. not just a game industry. Yeah. Uh, that's another thing. I don't think people realize that. I mean, yeah, sure, like, the entertainment is through Overwatch League, no. but it's not like that's their only obligation. No. And I understand, like, content, it's, it's part of the job. Like, I mean, sports players to do it, too. Like, mm-hmm. they film segments where they talk about, like, what's your favorite, I don't know, favorite food or your favorite song you're listening to right now. People do that stuff all the time, and, like, it's just it's just part of what you got to do. Mm-hmm. Because like, it gives it gives like fans like more of an outlet to 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 connect to people as well. Mm-hmm. Like if they just learn more about you, mm-hmm. it's like oh well, I, I do the same things too, or I listen to the same music, or I eat the same food, or I like yeah. doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. So, what content do you wish you could see out there? Because uh, mm-hmm. I see the same stuff like all the time, and. That was part of the reason that sparked like my idea for the show is like I never get to talk to people and yeah. you never get to see this kind of stuff. I think I really wish there were more content creators in the competitive Overwatch scene or the Overwatch scene in general. Like there are so few good interviews or talk shows that people do about Overwatch. And mm. I think like that's something that's really lacking compared to other esports like CSGO, there's so many things that people can talk about. Um, Like, League, same thing. There's so much different stuff Excuse me, um, that people can talk about. I think part of that is, like, the the public availability of of stats. Mm -hmm. Like, that just gives such an avenue for people to talk about. But I know Overwatch League is, like, very closed when it comes to those stats. I remember they had, like, an, an API that was, like, I think accidentally leaked. A little bit ago, it was wasn't it? Winston, didn't Winston's lab have a ton of uh, stat data? And uh, there, was I an, think, there was another one too that there was like a training program that got shut down. I think it was an API off the Overwatch League website that someone found that got leaked there, but then Blizzard like closed it off. So now all you have is like the basic stats, which is like, I mean, it's it's something, but it's not like it's it's the best. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like people people want more than that. Mm-hmm. Um. But I don't know. Some more content related on that. Yeah, I, I just I think like having that stuff available would just provide such a bigger outlet for for content. Mm-hmm. But yeah, here we are. What can you do? So yeah. looking at growing up, you mentioned that obviously you really liked video games. That was something else that you got into. Um, yeah. Your first game you said was Crash Bandicoot, which yeah. is a little weird because that was like one of my first games too. Uh, but I am definitely older. Well, we had we had a PlayStation One, yeah. which obviously came out before I did. Um, so, and then my brother played that, and then I played it a little bit. Mm-hmm. So it was I, I think it was like Crash Bandicoot, and then I played like, oh boy, maybe it was an N sixty four game. I don't even remember. I, I remember Crash Bandicoot being my first though, mm-hmm. or no? Then it was like Spyro. Spyro's yeah, I think good. it was like. I think it was Spyro after that, yeah. So, everyone always, whenever I see interviews, they always ask, like, how did you get into gaming? And I won't lie, I think that a lot of times you get a bullshit answer of, oh, yeah. when I was six, I was playing Spyro and Crash Radica. I don't think that that is actually the moment where you were like, this is what gets me into gaming. So, yeah. what, I've, what I found kind of talking with a fair amount of gamers now, um, who are very, very good, is there's generally an age somewhere between normally 12 and 16 where I would say something changed and their mindset kind of like shifted. Okay. And like the mindset of the way they, the mind, the mindset of the way that they kind of approach things changes, whether it's some event or something else happened, but there's, there's normally a pinnacle moment that is actually like, I would say the start of a moving forward of their game career. When, when do you think that would be for you? Uh, well, I have to think because, The first multiplayer game I played was RuneScape. Mm-hmm. I was really young. I was like three years old, maybe. Maybe four. Because mm-hmm. my brother played it, and I watched him play it. I wanted to play it. They made me an account. That's actually how I got my name, by the way, if you were curious. Just a little I, 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 I saw the interviews where yeah. he, yeah. he super with numbers, and you decided and to then, cut off. Yeah, yeah cut off the numbers, and I yeah. cut the name. I started to avoid I, boring questions that everyone has asked you yeah, 50 times. Yeah, so there's that. Yeah. But um, So that I, I played RuneScape for a while. Um, and then I think the first 
multiplayer, like the first like competitive game I played, was either Modern Warfare Two or Halo Three mm-hmm. on the Xbox 360, and then I played I played those a lot. I really liked Halo Three. I I miss Halo Three. I'll be honest with you. Halo Three was so fun. Yeah. Um. The Call of Duty Black Ops gives me major nostalgia for like Modern Warfare. Yeah. So yeah. I I like Black Ops Four. It's good. Yeah. Um. But then, I don't know. I I think it, it might have been like the first time I played TF Two, because I I remember I like I Hold was three. ooh twelve maybe. 13, okay. somewhere around there and then i played it. i was like this is really fun and then when i found mge servers i think that was like the big turning point but okay so if you don't know if you never played tf2 mge servers are like they're the servers it's it's they're 1v1 servers and basically they they, they clip out certain um different points and maps and then they put them in into the server and then they're like different arenas that you can add into and then it's 1v1 in that like part of the map they're like little small arenas and then you just 1v1 someone until the first person gets 20 and then you win mm-hmm. and so people would do that a lot um i would do that a lot really i, I grind at mg like i would do it for like hours at a time like this it's just like so fun to me like because it's like kill someone you go right you go right into the next person like right into the next round against the same person you just keep going you keep going and it's like such a it's like i think it was such a, a good way to like help tone your your mechanical skills and like you could like literally see yourself get better if you like constantly did it. You could like start hitting more air shots with soldier, or like your tracking gets better on scout or stuff like that. Um, those are the two main classes people played MG for was like soldier and scout. Mm-hmm. So um, I think MG servers were like really a big part of it for me. Okay. Did any was anything else happening in your life, or did you just randomly pick up a game and it was like this is this is a game I really yeah, enjoy? I mean that that that's that's basically what happened. Yeah. Okay. So. Another thing that I've kind of noticed is generally when someone really starts to get into gaming, there is normally declines in other areas in their life. Um, so whether or not that's school, school's a big one that I say that takes a hit because people yeah. tend to procrastinate and not do things. Sometimes it's social lives. Was there any uh, noticeable hits for you? Uh, I mean, I did do, I did procrastinate. That's true. But like, I wouldn't say anything really took like a big hit to be honest. I think like, I don't know. I used to watch TV a little bit when I was younger, but not anymore. I think less and less people are just watching TV in general. Probably. So, that, okay. nothing really. I mean, like I said, I procrastinate a little more, yeah, but like, it was nothing major. Okay. Um, did you still like make time for like friends and stuff like that? Uh, yeah. If if there was something I I had to do, or like people wanted me to do, I would I would do it. Okay. Okay. Also nonchalant. So you were able to very early on. You were able. It sounds like you were very much able to balance your life. Yeah, I mean, I didn't really. I'll be honest. Like, I didn't really go outside too much, mm-hmm. except for like if I had to like play hockey or play or like want me to do things. But like, so to me, it was just because I didn't go out so much. If someone asked me to do something, I was like, I guess I'll do it. You know. Very all nonchalant. I mean, that's just, I mean, yeah, I mean, because that's just how it is, you know? Mm -hmm. A lot of people are out all the time, so if you're not, you might as well go out every once in a while, you know? Did you have really close uh, friend groups? Oh, yeah, I think so. I think I had a few friends that were pretty close. Did they ever uh, get into TF2 with you? Were they ever a comparative? I don't think they they knew what TF2 was, most of them. Okay, well, I mean, that's fair. Okay, so you're growing up, you're playing TF2. How are your parents right. with it? Because that's another thing that I see generally. Uh, well, some some yeah. issues there, like sitting in front of a PC all well, the time. I mean, I did do sports. Mm-hmm. I did do hockey, so that's not like they really cared that much. Like, because I was still doing, like, I was still being, I was still moving, right? Yeah. I wasn't just sitting here all day, every day. I mean, I did that when I wasn't playing hockey, but at least I did things in the meantime, like at at different times. So, um, they didn't really care too much. Um. Now, what they did care about was when it was like twelve midnight, and I'm and I'm yelling, and then my dad opens my door and he just kind of stares at me, and he's like, "What are you doing?" I'm like, "Oh, I'm just playing some games." He's like, "Okay, so 
basically shut the fuck up and stop yelling at 12 at midnight. Yeah, my bad. And, you know, they, they didn't really like that. Um, especially because there was no purpose for it at that time. Yeah. For me to be up that late. Um, so, yeah, I mean, they, they weren't really happy when I got past a certain time. Um, but, no. What do your parents do for a living? My dad works for public safety mm-hmm. for a college. And my mom is a hairdresser. Oh, nice. Does she do all your haircuts? Uh, she did when I was here, but obviously I'm not here, so I have to go. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Do you ever go to, like, hairdressers and be like, wow, you really messed this up? No, not really. I think I think most of them do a pretty good job out in L.A. Mm-hmm. Was I think I've only been the one. I think the, I think the first one I went to was, like, not that great. I was like, eh. Maybe, maybe not this place. Mm-hmm. But other than that, it was... It was okay. So I've noticed that you kind of have like a very uh, forward kind of like attitude, and you, you seem to not be someone who holds things back. Would that be like a correct assessment? Do you have an example that you would like to give? Uh, yeah, sure. I, I feel like if if there was a problem, you wouldn't have an issue saying it. Oh, yeah, I got yeah. Okay. Does that ever get you in trouble? Does it cause issues? I don't know. I don't think so. I mean, I think there's a difference between like being forward and like being an asshole. You know, <laughs> that's a very true statement. I I wasn't sure because like delivery. I think that you should always be able to say something, but delivery yeah. is definitely the important part of that. Yeah. And so I wasn't sure how your how your delivery was. Is are you a person that has struggled um, with that or? I mean, I think I've had a few bad deliveries for the you know. So I mean, everyone does. Yeah. But I think if you just think about what you want to say before you say it, like, you know, you'll, it'll be a much easier time. Mm-hmm. Than just spewing out whatever bullshit you think of at the moment. Mm-hmm. So, I think you are going to be one of the people who I just greatly appreciate moving forward a lot of the time. So that's nice. that's really good. You should feel like very good. That's a very high esteem statement from me. Nice. So, are you critical of yourself? Because I mean, obviously, the last year for Shock was not the best. Yeah, um, and you were part of that. Um, granted, true. you came in towards the end or more towards the end. So I imagine there is some ability to maybe shift blame, but Mm. how critical are you on that? Yeah, I mean, whatever we lost, we would always sit sit around and talk for a while. Sometimes people yell at each other. Like like I was talking about earlier, you know, sometimes Mm. shit happens, people yell at each other. Uh, People get mad at each other. But I, I think when you figure out what really went wrong, and like pinpoint it it's like easier to talk about it and like yeah I- i've had moments where i i might have like fucked up in some games or I-, I did something i wasn't supposed to and i really just dropped the ball and i, and I didn't do what i was supposed to do but um you know we- those are things that we look about look at and you know I-, I think our coaching staff is like really one of the best in the league right now mm-hmm. um so they really help us with anything that we need help with like one of our coaches 9k he like, if you have a question or if you ask him something or like you want him to look at something, like he'll make time and he'll do it. Like he's he's just so great. Um, Krusty, head coach, obviously. Um, I think he's really smart. And then we have our other coach, um, Junk Buck, who's he's he's also just he does a lot more like I think behind the scenes stuff. But when he came in, because he was the first of our new coaches that came in stage three, and he he helped a lot too. Then so um, I I think if you have a supporting staff around you, that's like really able to help you out. It, it like, it makes it a lot easier on yourself, mm-hmm. especially if you have questions or like if you're uncertain or if you know you did something wrong, but you don't know what you could have done to improve. It, it just, it, it's so great. Mm-hmm. So looking at that and I don't want to bash anyone. That's not really my goal. Um, you obviously had a change of head coaches um, between, I guess yeah. it was a stage three and four. Or was it two stage, three? In between, in, in between stage yeah. three and four, yeah. So you ended up, Brad ended up leaving, you ended up getting a crusty. I don't know how much of that was. What was the difference in their coaching styles? Because I uh, mentioned that they're very different people. Uh, if yeah. you want to say that you preferred one over the other, 
I'm okay with that too. But I I think it was the, the it was just like the the whole culture shifted. Mm-hmm. Like people were more like people were more serious. We had like because I'll be honest, like people didn't really like listen to Brad that much when he tried to talk, and like I don't think that was right. Like whether or not what he was saying was true or false or anything that he was saying was like was good or bad like no we i think especially it was like really apparent in stage two or stage one and two like there was no central voice that everyone would listen to which i think was like so bad like people just didn't listen and i was like i mean that kind of sucks i guess because like there was no central voice that everyone could just focus on say okay like if there's a disagreement no one could like look at one person and, and say like hey what do you think? Or what, how can you help us out? Like that just didn't exist. Mm. And I think that was like, it was kind of a shitty situation to be in at the time. I didn't really play it. I didn't play stage one and two. Sasha didn't play stage one and two. Um, I think people, whether it was right or not, really just preferred to respect us more than like the coaches, just because like they anticipated such a big change in like the way the team would be able to play when we came in. Um, and then I think Junkbuck coming in stage three really helped with that, like, listen type of, like, listen to him type of thing. Yeah. Because people started listening to him more, and then I came in, and Sasha came in, and then when stage four happened, that was, like, when everyone actually had someone to listen to, and everyone, like, when Krusty or one of the coaches talked, and everyone would, like, stop speaking and listen to them. And, like, I really don't think Brad had that opportunity on Shock, which is really just unfortunate for him, mm-hmm. but... Yeah. Was was it a lot of pressure for you, like going in, knowing that holy God, I am I am considered to be one of the two pieces yeah. that is supposed to be the saving grace of I this mean, team. I mean, I think Sinatra had a lot worse than me because he's more popular than I was. Than I mean, still is, yeah. still is more popular than I am. Um, he like his salary got leaked. Um, you know, <laughs> I think his his attitude when he plays ranked on stream it didn't really help him out. But that's just that. I mean, I don't really care about that. Other people mm-hmm. do though. Um, so I think he had it a lot worse. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely some, some pressure built up, but thankfully I won my first game, which is actually against the gladiators. So, you know, yeah, thanks for the, the reminder. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, I think I was more nervous walking out than I was actually playing. Mm-hmm. And then when I got playing, I was just like in my groove. But, well, the first map I was a little nervous. Um, but after the first map, I kind of like calmed myself down and then. I think I did okay for the rest of the series, so. Yeah. So, but moving forward, obviously things didn't go well. Did that pressure build up on you? Um, I mean, we didn't make playoffs. No. Uh, stage playoffs in 3 and 4. Um, but, you know, we did have a positive record. Yeah. Which I think is good. And stage 4, even though we, we had a worse record than we did stage 3, our map score was like, ridiculously good actually i need to look at that real quick because i know our map score was like so good in stage four it was like i think we were five and five and we were like plus seven and we had like a bigger rack score than like some of the teams that were above us mm-hmm. which was like it was pretty crazy but we just could we, i think we like kind of threw some games which i think comes down to like it came into a few things i think like one i like I think it's stage four, if like or stage three, um, if we won a game, it was like pretty convincingly, and if we lost the game, it was also pretty convincingly. I think we only had like one game stage three. It was against like the Houston Outlaws. We went three and two, um, and we won that game. But um, I think part of it was not coming down. Like I didn't really have too much experience in those clutch situations or those clutch scenarios where you had to like close it out. Um, and then we had a coaching staff change, which like it's just like a different transitioning period, and then. Um, I think all that can just be calmed down to like we weren't good enough to win some of those games. Like I think it was like a mix of all three. Mm-hmm. Um, but I definitely felt like it was just we. I I definitely felt improvement, okay. and I I think you can attribute that some of me. Like I guess I don't really want to contribute it to pressure because I think that's just kind of like a like a lame excuse, like if someone, like if I, if someone does bad, and like oh, a I, high I think it's fully their fault. Yeah, yeah, it's like, 
It's like, oh, I have pressure got. It's like, I, I don't really like saying that stuff. It's just kind of dumb. But um, there, there is an emotional side to that where maybe you're going home and you have higher amounts of stress or and you managed to uh, obviously manage your like workload a lot better than a lot of people did. Um, yeah. So but that's that's what I was wondering is how was how were like those type of effects on you? Like, did you have those effects where you're like, oh, God, and you worried? And mm, I mean, I don't know. I think the pressure is just, it's something you have to deal with. Mm-hmm. Whether, like, because at the end of the day, people are going to, like, people are going to talk about you. People are going to expect things from you. Whether or not they're warranted is, is whatever. Um, but it's just going to happen, especially mm-hmm. when you've been hyped up by your teammates and your coaching staff and uh, people around you. Um, so I, I think. You can't always, you can't completely not think about it, but I think there are ways that you can help push it out of the forefront of your mind. Yeah. So, okay. So, Krusty moves in. Was it a better experience just because he kind of unified the team, or did he bring stuff that was not offered anywhere else? Because I mean, yeah, obviously I think he was, did really well with Boston. Yeah, I think but. it was a little bit of both. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, he helped bring the team together. Um, he helped people. Like, we did a lot more team stuff, stage four. Like, we went out. We went. We all went out together more. We all went to, like, more team dinners. We all went to, like, movies or just to do other team stuff. Um, you know, sometimes we had a break. He would, like, make us all go outside for a little, like, an hour break or whatever we had. Um, so, yeah, I, I think he really helped, like, bring the team together. Um, you know, like I said, people, people listen to him when he talked. I think he did have like more game knowledge that that we were than we were previously given, especially mm-hmm. just because like we had more coaches now, so we just had more people to look at and like listen to. So I think it was it was just everything was was much better. Makes a lot of sense to me. So looking back now, one of the things that you had like talked about your father, and you sounded really close with him. Do you have a really close relationship with your father? Yeah, I I, I think so. I think me and my dad. Are, are pretty pretty close mm-hmm. just because like i don't know he always helps me out if i need help or like um if if, if there's something i need i can ask him mm-hmm. or if i just want to talk about something you know he'll he'll listen okay and I, I, I think is you know yeah i think it's really think healthy good thing. yeah um, and it sounds like you also have a pretty good relationship with your mom too yeah 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 i mean my mom <laughs> she, she's definitely a little overprotective at times. Like, I remember when I first got my contract, like, she didn't want me to go because she was, like, scared of her. I was, like, mm-hmm. like, now? Like, when I get the contract, and now now this is what we're going to talk about this? You know what I mean? It's, like, but, I mean, at the end of the day, they just both want the best for me. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, like, a good thing that not everyone is fortunate enough to have. Um, so, you know, I'm thankful for that. Well, the reason I bring uh-huh. it up is because a lot of, like, the stress in, like, the Overwatch season, uh, were those two individuals, your parents, someone that you would talk to a lot, you would vent to, would you go to when things were going wrong? Because they sound like a, a fairly good support structure. Yeah, I, sometimes I did, sometimes I didn't. I think it just depended on how I felt or, like, mm-hmm. what it was about. Um, you know, if it was something, like, if it was something more, like, complex i'd usually like talk to like teammates about it but like if it was something that they could understand i, I would i would talk to them about it so yeah. do you think that that's really important for players to have some sort of support network that they can rely on yeah because I, I think that like kind of contributed to some of like player collapses last season or like breakdowns where people couldn't like you know they couldn't focus or like they had just like times where they they had to like get away or they couldn't do anything like that. I think it's just cause like they didn't really have, um, anyone to talk to. So, mm-hmm. so now another thing you mentioned kind of earlier was you were like, how could people handle streaming, playing overwatch and having a relationship? It's it. Yeah. So that kind of brings me to the relationship aspect. Do you think that it's possible to have a relationship and be an overwatch player? Cause a lot of people say yeah. no and some people say yes. I, I mean, don't think I you can th- do all three, but. I, I think he could. I mean, I don't see why not. There's players in the league that already have relationships, so yeah. I don't see why he can't. Okay. 
Okay. I just think you have to be able to manage your time properly and realize, okay, well, I'm screwing. I can't do anything with them. And if I want to go home and play Overwatch, then they have to understand. Like, I think this has to be like an understanding there. I mean, I don't. I wouldn't know because I'm. I don't have anyone. I was just gonna ask you. I was like, yeah, no, I wouldn't know. But okay. yeah, I'm just assuming you'd have to just figure out a way to work it out. So. Okay. So that, that brings you left school early, a year early to go for or your last year of school to go play Overwatch. Did you? Did you miss out on things that you think that you regret? So, like, a big one that I've heard about is, like, prom. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I guess senior year, I guess, would have been fun to do, like, in person mm-hmm. instead of online. But to me, I mean, it is what it is. Like, what I prefer, like, what I prefer senior year or, like, playing video games. I know we talked about earlier, it's not just playing video games, but, yeah. it's, you know. Yeah, I know what you mean. But, your dream yeah, job. It's, like, it's, it's still your yeah. dream job. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, I mean, to me, it's like, yeah, sure. I mean, if I was born a year earlier, mm-hmm. it's like, I, I, that would have been nice. But, like, you know, it is what it is. So, I'm not really going to, I'm not too bitter about it. Okay. That's fair. I know some people have said that that's something that they, they kind of regret. Is there anything that you do regret, like, uh, doing growing up that you, because you, games have been a huge part of your life. Uh, yeah. There, has there been anything you're like, wow, I really wish I would have taken advantage of this? Hmm. I asked the good questions. What do you mean by that? Uh, so maybe there was times where you could have been out doing something else, but you decided to play uh, video games. Maybe there was family you could have visited um, that you. Oh, uh, I mean, nah. Because anytime I went somewhere like family, I always went. Uh, if if we did something, I was always like, I didn't. Okay, at least when it comes to family, I didn't exclude myself to play games. Like I was always there. Mm-hmm. Um. And if we were doing something, I, I would basically always be there. Um, now, like, I don't know. A lot of people in like in like high school, like my friends, they would they would go to like parties and stuff. And they would they would get drunk, and they like no. they'd ask me to go sometimes. I'd be like, I, I don't really like. I'm not really interested in that. Like, that's not really. That's I, fair. I don't know. That's not really me. So, like, if they if they asked me to go to parties, they'd be like, eh, maybe, maybe next time, and then. Next time, there was no next time, so. Yeah. Okay. So you don't feel like you missed out on anything, then? Mm, no, nah, not, not really. You are one of the more well-rounded people I've had on this show, which is good. I think that's good. I think it's healthy. I try. I'm, I'm I really, try. I'm, do you see things in your life that you need to work on? Are there things that you notice that, hey, listen, this is something that... So sometimes people uh, communicating is a big one, especially looking at like video games. Communication is probably one of the biggest ones. A lot of people do not know how to communicate in a proper way. So that'd be one of the ones that I could definitely see for a lot of people. You seem fairly well at that. But are there things that you look at your life and you're like, wow, this is something I in the future that I would really like to to grow on or improve on with your own self? Mm. Maybe... I think like I don't know. Um I think even though I'm already like pretty well no no I I wanna learn more about like this isn't really like related to me. Mm-hmm. Actually it's not even like related to the question. No, go but, ahead, like, go ahead. I was gonna say like I, I wanna like learn more about like I don't know. It's not even like related to the question, but I, I want to learn more like about 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 stocks. To be honest with you, and like investing, because okay. like after Overwatch League, I, I like if, if if let's assume after this season I'm done. No one wants me. I don't get resigned. That's just it, right? Mm-hmm. And like if I don't if I don't make it into like the esports industry, um, you know, I think like both of those things happening is kind of like far fetched. But like if it, like, let's say it happened, right? Like. I wouldn't really know what to do with myself. Like, I, I, got, I, I mean, I have some money. I have money saved up from Overwatch League, but then, like, I have experience and stuff, but I wouldn't really know what to do. You know, I think that was kind of a problem I had, like, before Overwatch was even, like, a thing. Like, I had no idea what I wanted to do. I didn't know what college I wanted to go to, what major I wanted to do. I think that's, like, a, a problem with, like, a lot of kids. Like, they don't really know, like, what they want to do. And, you know, that's just something i i, I kind of want to get better at because i still don't really know like if, if that if, if everything ended today i'd be lost like you know i wouldn't know what to do so so do you feel I very mean, very um i mean it's obviously not luck uh, right your skill is not luck but do you feel yeah, lucky yeah. that the opportunity came in a moment where? Uh, oh i mean like 
yeah, for sure. Like esports is not like a is not a traditional thing by any means. So to have that like opportunity would be like it's, it's you know it is a dream come true. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, I'm I'm definitely fortunate to to have something like this. Mm-hmm. What do you think would have happened if you wouldn't have got into esports? Oh, I have no idea. I'll be honest. <laughs> would you force yourself no idea. to go to college? I mean, probably. Because I don't know, like I said, I don't know what else I would have done. Yeah. It's a very odd age. Like, it's very, very odd. I know that I didn't want to go to school, and I got kind of tricked into going to school. So, which I'm yeah, grateful like, for like now. I, said, but... I, don't really, I don't really know what else like, I could have, like, I could do. I mean, because I just, I don't know about that stuff. So, do you have any, like, life goals now? Because I know you mentioned one interview um, that you didn't really have any goals outside of Overwatch. Now, you obviously mentioned wanting to learn about stocks, which I think is really cool. Yeah. Um, but besides that, do you have any, like, goals that you would like to see achieved as far as, like, your life? Hmm. I don't know. Maybe, like... Oh, boy. I don't even know. That's, that's way too deep. It's a big question. Deep. It's a big that's, that's way too deep. It's, that's, this will give someone a real insight of... Oh, um, super! I I don't even know a goal, huh? I have no idea. Maybe like, dude, I I, I don't even know. You hit way too hard with that one. I don't have any goals right now. Right now, I'm just doing me. Mm-hmm. Right now, I'm just going with the flow. It's fair. I would encourage you to to look at some goals. It might yeah, be beneficial. Yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, no, it, that's understandable. You mean, I guess for me, I, like remembering back when I was like 18 or 19, I did not have goals either. Like I was something I was thrown into and I was like, I don't really know what I want to do with my life. I changed a lot of my decisions in that time. Yeah. You don't really know till later. And then all of a sudden, like things start to become more important that normally weren't before. So like money, yeah. like think about paying back oh, school loans. Trust me, trust me. I, I'm I'm probably, I, I'm going to, I'm going to actually go on record and say that I am the best person in the Overwatch League when it comes to saving my money. I'm going to say that right now. So you're not, I don't you're, spend money. You're not buying uh, not, Yeezys or whatever they're called? I do not spend any money. Yeah. I see people with new shoes and I'm like, how much do the shoes cost? For like $400. I'm like, that's oh, like, oh, that's like $380 too expensive, man. They're way more than that, dude. Some of them are like $1,000, oh, too. I but yeah, I, I, I don't spend my money. I, I pocket I'm like... Give me, give me, I pocket that. I see the paycheck come in, I'm like, all right, into the bank. Do you, do you have an accountant then that actually does invest? I in do money? have an accountant. Okay, good. I was going to say, that would be something that I would recommend if you don't have one already. I do. So. Oh, man, I've gotten some really good questions out of you. So I have a very light question on the end. Okay. It's something I've decided to start asking people. Now, you've kind of, you've got to experience this, right? You've got to experience being in my my little area for a while it's not my ideal setup my ideal setup is a couple of couches and uh maybe a grape soda or something for you and a whiskey for me um but grape soda's kind of nasty but you know orange soda better not even not oh eh. my god water yeah that's better (laughs) um so you've got to experience this um if you could see anyone else be on the show okay who would you pick So what's the full list you've had on your show? It's Jake. I know Jake has been on the show. Yeah. Uh, what do you? Who do you like fullest? What in what way? I mean, everyone that's been on the show. Uh, I've had Nomi, Verbo, okay. Jake, okay. Mark Zimmerman from League of Legends. Oh, okay. Uh, amazing from League of Legends. And then yeah, that's it. Yeah. Who would I like to see on the show? Hmm. You can pull from any esport too. That is. The show is non just Overwatch exclusive, obviously. Yeah. Huh. It's interesting. Huh. Let's look at the let's look at the at the Overwatch League players here. In the in the in the Overwatch League Discord. Let's see what I'm working with. Is anyone here that I would want to see on? And they also don't uh, need to be active players. They just need to be involved in esports. So you could take casters. You could take. Ooh. Yeah. Maybe maybe Uber. Uber would be okay. I'm a, I'm a I'm a big fan of Uber. 
I like Uber a lot. Me too. Um, maybe Bren. I like Bren too. I like all the casters to be honest. Or, yeah, I like all of them to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. They're just all really cool people. Um, let's see here. Maybe uh, huh. I don't know to be honest. If I, my my number one pick would probably be Uber. Yeah. Uber? Okay. Well, I will definitely reach out to him and see if he'll be on the show. So, yeah. Um, but that's pretty much all the questions that I have. I think we've got to delve into some really cool stuff, some some funny stuff, some more serious stuff. Yeah. I think it's good. I think it's a good roundabout things. Um, I don't normally do shout outs, but if you want to give a shout out, you're more than welcome to. Oh. Uh, hmm. Well. Shout out my parents shout out to my team um yeah the, okay. but that that right. okay well that, that sounds right ladies and gentlemen uh, wait wait shout, shout out to my to my duo partner vol and and all the expert noises boys shout out to them um and yeah there we go okay i'm happy i didn't cut you off there so this has been Deep Dives in the Minds of Esports. Thank you so much, Super, and I appreciate being on the show. Of course.